Today's St. Knut's Day, and this is a day that can perhaps be associated with the god Odin. Um, my name is Runiane Rasmus, and I'm a historian of religion from the University of uh, Uppsala. Uh, and I'm here from uh, the village where I grew up with a little piece of calendar law from the Nordic animist calendar that's being produced for next year. In 1086, a Danish king got murdered inside the church. Um, this was Knut IV Svensson, who had overplayed his hand a bit with some unruly peasants in northern Jutland. They then chased him through the country and killed him in the St. Alban Church in Ulnse on the island of Funen. Um, but what does that have to do with Odin? Wasn't uh, Knut a Christian king in a Christian kingdom? And yeah, kind of. And the links uh, are subtle and somehow a bit difficult to miss also. Um, because this was a time that was quite close to the pre-Christian era. The heathen temple in Ubokra, which at the time was a central location in the kingdom, it wasn't a marginal location, it was a central location, that was still operational in Knut's lifetime. Uh, it was burned in 1050. And there are letters uh, in which uh, Pope Gregory VII wrote to Knut's immediate predecessor, predecessor Harold Hen, uh, which indicate that Denmark was still experiencing religious tension between heathens and Christians around the time. So this was a time where the religious uh, proximity to Nordic polytheism must have been very much felt. Now, in pre-Christian time, Odin was the patron deity of the Danish royal dynasty, and uh, th th this was a medieval feudal monarchy uh, where this was a very important function. So when the old religion started to become marginalized, then people needed a new patron deity. A religious figure, you know, some, that could function as a religious legitimization for the monarchy. So, Knut here, he was named after Knut the Great, who had gathered this massive Nordic empire that comprised England and Norway and Denmark and surrounding the North and the whole North Sea. Um, and uh, Knut the Great had also lent his name to, to the royal dynasty, in fact. The royal dynasty, they used to be called Skildings, descendants of Skild, and in mythology, Skild was the son of Odin, uh, but now they were called Knutlings, descendants of Knut. So people were looking for greatness in new places. And then it happened that uh, King Knut Svensson here was killed by these peasants, uh, and this regicide in itself has a kind of an, an air of heathen significance to it. Because peasants sacrificing their king is kind of a motif that we meet throughout the source material. Uh, and the place of Knut's murder is also interesting. He was murdered in, in, in a town called, uh, at the time, Uthinsvi, Odin's sanctuary, today still Odense, uh and uh, th there is, by the way, also a myth recorded in Saxo's Chronicle and History of the, of the Danes, where a figure called Myth Odin uh, gets killed on the island of Funen, where Ulnse is located. 
Um, and he was killed inside a church, a holy place. And the myth even says he was killed in front of the altar. So these medieval peasants at, at the time, whose enculturation in Christianity was perhaps a bit incomplete, um, they might very well have perceived this in, in their pre-existing terms as a kind of sacrificial regicide. So even though archaeology suggests that Knut was actually killed with a stone, I think his body has been, uh, the remains have been investigated, legend insisted that he was killed with a spear. And the spear is an insignia of Odin, which also became the symbol of Saint Knut, and being killed with a spear is also recorded in sagas as a way of sacrificing actually a king to Odin. Um, uh, this is the, the story of King Vikar. So Knut became a saint, and uh, saint, as Saint Knut, he overtook Odin's role as a patron deity of the royal dynasty. Uh, and this, uh, the royal dynasty had already been named Knutlings, descendants of Knut, instead of Skildings, in effect, descendants of Odin. But also the story didn't stop here, because people continue to want to use Knut for stuff that used to be associated with Odin. So they actually struggled to project him to another time of year, and that was around Christmas or Yule. Um, and this was a time that was associated with Odin. Uh, and uh, I, I might make a video about that at some time. Um, and and there, there is sort of a mirroring logic in the Nordic seasonal animism between midwinter and midsummer. There's a number of practices that are the same or that mirror each other between midsummer and, and midwinter. Uh, it is as if these sort of cardinal points of the year, they are in some sort of close relation to each other. And that's also why it's really remarkable. It was so important for people to have Knut also at, at uh, midwinter. They, uh, <clears throat> they even killed another prince called Knut uh, on January seventh, uh, and uh, made him a saint, almost as if they were like trying to hit the right date. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, but of course things uh, don't work like that. Uh, these uh, religious meanings they're superimposed on on stuff that already happens. And uh, it should also be mentioned that this was a, a a time in Danish history where dynastic strife basically made. Game of Thrones look like a uh, modern family. Uh, there were a lot of kings called Knut, and they regularly got killed, and they didn't all become saints. Um, for instance, some uh, 70 years after Knut's murder, another king, Knut, was killed at a friendly celebration that suddenly turned into an ambush massacre, the, um, the so-called blood feast of uh, Oskilde. Um, and, and what also happened was that as the cult of St. Knut moved through Scandinavia, then the, another St. Knut's Day was invented in midwinter, and that was January 13th. This day was at the time considered the uh, Hokunat, and thereby actually associated directly with the heathen celebration of Yule. Uh, and this day is almost exactly at the opposite end of the, the wheel of the year than, than from uh, July, July 10th here. So, but also here, around midsummer, there are actually some sort of remnants of Odin, or, and this is one of the cases where it's difficult to know 
to what level of conclusion you can take these kind of data, it's, if to any level at all. You know, it's almost like faint echoes of something that may or may not have been there. But July is called hay month, or was called hay month in the old days, because this was the time when hay was harvested. So, so Knut's day was also called um, Reaper's Knut, associating this day with a hay harvest. And Odin also figures as a hay harvest man in, in the myth about the skaldic meat, where he, uh, where he uh, works the hay harvest. And there's also been these traditions in, in hay harvest where, where you're going to leave some of the hay, you know, with a small formula saying like, this is for Odin's horses, or something like that. Almost as if you are giving some of the hay uh, as a sacrifice to Odin or perhaps, yeah, his horses. Coincidence? I don't know, perhaps. It, it, it's difficult to say. Uh, but it's also worth noting that hay harvest was a fairly important uh, time of year and is sometimes associated with these strange rituals. You know? And, and I'll, I'll just bring one example, which is that there was a ritual on the island of Funan, actually, to empower a cauldron used for brewing beer um, the lady of the house or big farm or an estate would have a, a silver coin and she would uh, throw this silver coin. Then all the female uh, members of the house would gather around a ca uh, cauldron and the lady would throw this silver coin into a cauldron uh, and then all these women would, would fight and struggle to get the coin and the one who won uh, would, would get it. Uh, the observer who saw this ritual, he said that they would fight in bacchanalian rage and that the uh, wildness of their fighting would basically empower this, uh, the cauldron to, to make the brew. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know what that means <laughs> or if there's any relation between stuff like that and the, the, uh, the, these Odinic aspects. Um, but it's the kind of practices that I'm trying to communicate in this wall calendar of Nordic animism that's being made for next year. Uh, it's all these like strange, you know, remnants of things that are not so well known, but which I find, you know, intensely interesting because they're like this fuel for imagination. Um, so yeah, you can um, find us on. You can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And um, yes, and uh, all the best here from the village where I grew up, isn't it? Uh, super picturesque. See you around.